we're living in very complicated times and uh, at the moment there's a lot of anger being expressed as, as you know I just feel as believers there has to be a place for justice and mercy to kiss there has to be a place for putting the past behind us and looking forward to the future where we can build together. There must be a place where in the midst of the anger that wisdom speaks, that the collective voice of what we call democracy is allowed to speak. There are times when our anger, I believe, my anger, your anger, would go beyond what should be done. And it's the wider community often that bring the balance in what we're doing. So justice, truth, mercy, grace, these are the things we need. So I'm on the fifth of the current series, Amazing Grace to Irregular Families. And we looked at the amazing grace of providence in the life of Joseph, how God was working out his purposes in the life of Joseph. Um, we looked at the amazing grace of love to Mephibosheth when David said, who can I show kindness to? because of my love for Jonathan, for Jonathan's sake. There was the amazing grace of forgiveness uh, on the part of God to David for his sin and how God restored that relationship, even the relationship between David and Bathsheba and they gave birth to Solomon, the future king of Israel in the bloodline to Jesus. And last week, the amazing grace of covenant in the life of Ruth. And how that whole story, uh, there is the commitment of Naomi to her daughters-in-law, the commitment of Ruth to her mother-in-law, the commitment of Boaz to Ruth, of Ruth to Boaz, and above all, the commitment of the God of covenant working out the, the wherewithal for King David to be born. But this morning's a bit difficult, a, a bit different not difficult, different. Because the irregular family I'm thinking about is not your family. You know, we've been applying this to your family on the basis that we're all a little bit irregular. But the family I've got in mind this morning is you and I, what we would call the family of God, the church, the body of Christ. And yes, it's a bit irregular. All sorts of classes. You know, it's interesting that in the present situation, uh, we have to remind ourselves that the early church had slaves and masters in the same congregation. Slaves and masters in the same congregation. And the word, the strap line that was over them was you're all one 
in Christ Jesus. That's the explosive power of the gospel. But this irregular family of ours has all classes, it's got all cultures. You know, people find me, still find me a little bit weird. I'm Scottish, I'm Scottish, it's my culture. All nations, all colours, all languages, all of us social histories that interact, and yet we're one family, we're one body, the body of Christ. When we began harvest, there was a strap line. Let's put it in Christianese. There was a word that was over our church at the beginning. We are together for the harvest. And that has stayed with us. And if you could see it, there's a, a painting on the wall that I can see. And it says, together for the harvest. Harvest is the declaration of the mission, the purpose, the calling of this church. We are here for harvest. We exist for harvest. Oh, I thought we existed to be blessed. I thought we existed um, to have friends. No, no, no. We exist for the harvest. Jesus said, go into all the world and make disciples. That's your job, your disciple makers. So harvest is the declaration of our mission, but together defines who we are, that we are one in Christ, we're united. I'm going to be dipping into Acts chapter two. A few weeks ago was Pentecost Sunday and we didn't preach on Pentecost then, so I'm going to take us back a little bit and um, we're going to preach on it this morning. Acts 2.1, when the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. The Holy Spirit came to the church when they were all together. The anointing for ministry came to the church when they were all together. And because it was Pentecost, they were all together from all different nations and cultures. And the Holy Spirit came. They were all together. This is the amazing grace of fellowship to the irregular family. John says, we proclaim to you what we have seen and heard so that you also may have fellowship with us. We're telling you this mes message. We're preaching you this gospel, not so that you can get saved, although of course that's why we're preaching it, but we're also preaching it so you can have fellowship with us. We want you in our group. We want you with us. And our fellowship, says John, is with the Father and his Son, Jesus Christ. So fellowship can be vertical, God and man, and fellowship can be horizontal, man to man. I want to say something that I think is important. Fellowship is not the fruit of family. Fellowship doesn't grow out of family. Fellowship is the root 
of family. And if there's no fellowship, there's virtually no family. It's what makes us family, this thing called fellowship. The Greek word you probably know is koinonia. What does it mean? The word has to do with commonality. Even the word community comes out of koinonia, community, a group of kind of like-minded people. If you all think differently, act differently, behave differently, then you're not really a community. A community has a kind of thing going through it that joins us together, a kind of a commonality. Communication comes from that word as well, communication. When I say something to you, I've shared it with you. And if you receive it, then we're even more joined together. So it's about commonality, community, communication. It's about sharing. And the Apostle Paul, when he uses the word, it's interesting, he, he majors big time on vertical fellowship. That is Paul's passion. Not so much the horizontal one that we're going to talk about, but the vertical one. He talks about the fellowship of his son, Jesus, the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. He talks about the fellowship of faith in God, fellowship in the gospel. He talks about being crucified with Christ. He talks about being alive with Christ. In other words, his fellowship binoculars are focused that way. What an amazing connection we can have with God. We can see things like him. We can hear things that he is saying. We can act like him. We can go to the places he would go to. We can do the things that he would do. This is fellowship with God, our Father, the Lord Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit. But when John, the Apostle John, speaks of fellowship, in his epistles, he speaks more of the horizontal relationship. So for example, he says, we proclaim to you what we have seen and heard, read this earlier, so that you can have fellowship with us. He says, if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, purifies us from all sins. I want us to explore fellowship with one another. What does it look like? This amazing grace to the irregular family that is you and I. What does it look like? Well, if you've got your Bible, have a look at Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2. And we'll go to verse 42. Let's just read down. They devote, this is the early church, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. So fellowship was one of the devotions of the early church. 
Everyone was filled with awe and many wonders and miraculous signs were done by the apostles. All the believers were together, had everything in common, selling their possessions and goods they gave to anyone as he has need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes. They ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favour of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Uh, note the language, everyone, 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 all of them, all of them, together, they, they. It's got fellowship written all over it. And let's just break down the kind of fellowship we're seeing. First, physical closeness. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. What we're experiencing this morning is virtual closeness. It's electronic closeness. It's not the closeness that is real, that is flesh and blood. They were all together in one place. That is vital for fellowship. Not all the time. And we've been able to do a lot in this lockdown. We've been able to pray together, worship together, even break bread together. But it's not the same as being all together. Fellowship is about physical closeness. It's about biblical application. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. You have had more teaching, I would imagine, through your church in your life than what you have gleaned in your personal study. Now, some people are different. Some people have a voracious appetite for reading and studying and getting to grips with stuff without anyone else. But most of us in the Church of Jesus Christ have learned things from being together in the fellowship and hearing people speak who know more. Now, I know in this generation, you have much more at your hand to browse around and to get teaching. And that's good. One of the weaknesses in that is in a lot of cases, you don't know the guy or the lady that's talking to you. You don't know what their life is really like. You don't know what their family life is like. You don't know what they're like with people. You don't know what they're like with finances. You don't know what kind of doctrinal positions they hold. And so you are somewhat at their mercy. Whereas with me, guys, Harvest Church, I would like to think by now, you know me. You know my strengths. You know my weaknesses. Uh, you know my wife. Uh, that's a big that's a big plus for me because everybody loves Pam. So that's a big, love, big strength for me. But do you know what I mean? You know me. So biblical application. Fellowship is all about shared liturgy. And what I mean by that, we don't do much of liturgy in our church, but we break bread. Sunday after Sunday after Sunday, we break bread, we pass it to one another. It challenges our spirits to remain in fellowship with the person that we're receiving the bread from and to remain in fellowship with the person that we're passing the bread to. 
Fellowship is about corporate prayer life. You may pray more on your own, but a lot of people, they pray more when they're in church. How's your prayer life in lockdown? Have you been saying, wow, it's amazing. I've got so much time for prayer now. I'm praying an hour in the morning when I get up. I just get quiet with God. Is that, is that what's happening? But you see, the church draws you in to that place of prayer. On Harvest Messenger, prayer requests are going out. Please pray for, please pray for. This is the fellowship of the saints in prayer. Fellowship is about common experience. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the, the apostles. How many church services have you gone to that you can remember and you would say of them, that was amazing. It was absolutely amazing. God came and he did this. We saw people, they had hands laid on them and this happened. After the word, we prayed and, and the place just exploded with the presence of the Holy Spirit. That's what fellowship does. To be there, to see it. You might have gone to Spring Harvest or to Keswick Bible Week or... Uh, to, I can't remember all the names, but there were so many of them. And you got blessed in the company of God's people. Common experience. Common compassion, all the believers were together and they had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. There was a real commonality amongst that early church and they cared for each other. They wept with each other. They laughed with each other. If one was hungry, they made sure they had food. If one was short on clothes, they sent clothes. There was that common compassion. There was that shared lifestyle that comes from fellowship. Every day they continued to meet together. We've lost that in so many cases. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts. Fellowship is about a shared lifestyle. This is my garden. But hey, it's your garden. This is my house, but you're welcome here anytime. The door is always open to you. And do you know, it's fellowship. We don't often think of this, but it's fellowship that produces fruitfulness. The Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. I remember being asked, by two men in our church. Uh, Ronnie, what's your strategy for evangelism? Now, what they were thinking about is, are we going door knocking? Are we going to put leaflets into the neighbourhood? Are we going to stand at Crown Hill and have an open air service and proclaim the gospel? What's your strategy, Ronnie? And at that time, I felt, I don't think I have one. We've done Alpha courses, we've, we've done seeker-friendly services, we have done door-to-door, but at the moment, I don't have a particular strategy, and do you know what? Not that bothered. 
Because you see, when you have a church that is engaged in fellowship, in relationship, in blessing, the Lord adds to their number daily those who are being saved. The church is so nourished, is so strengthened, is so inspired by fellowship that they gossip the good news of Jesus to the people that they meet. It becomes instinctive. It becomes a part of them. So we don't necessarily need a strategy for evangelism. Fellowship produces effective ministry. The laying on of hands for the sick. Ministering to and being ministered to in the power of the Holy Spirit. That's how we grow. Setting people free. That's how we grow. So can you see how important fellowship is in our irregular family? In Hebrews 10, the writer says, let's draw near to God. Let's hold unswervingly to the hope we possess. Let's consider how we may spur one another up toward love and good deeds. Let's not give up meeting together. Did you get it? Let's not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. They've got into a bad habit and the bad habit is not meeting together. If you were to ask me, Ronnie, do you go to church by habit? I probably would say yes. It's a habit of mine. I can remember I was mid-40s, I was pastoring Harvest, and we decided for various reasons we wouldn't have an evening service anymore. I was quite lost. What do you do on a Sunday night if you're not at church? I've been going to an evening service since I was about four or five. Every Sunday evening, I was in church. That's what I did. It was a habit. It was a good habit. Did I just go because it was a habit? Sometimes. Sometimes. Was that bad? No. I mean, as, as I got older and as I got more committed to the Lord and more excited about the things of the gospel and the life that I was in, I wanted to go to praise, to worship, to minister, to be ministered, to be loved, to relate, all these things we've been talking about. But behind it was also a good habit. Let's not give up meeting together. Oh Lord, Lord Jesus, would you bring us to the place when COVID will be so defeated in this nation that we will be able to meet up. And thank you, Father, that already uh, the fellowship of God's people can meet in a park, can meet in a garden, and can express our fellowship to one another. Thank you, Lord. Let's encourage one another, the writer says all the more as you see the day approaching. So that's the amazing grace of fellowship to God's irregular family until the day 
when Jesus appears again and the family of God, his bride, will be perfected, cleansed and glorified. The beautiful bride prepared for all eternity. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's pray. Let's pray. Yeah, Father. Father God. Father, we want to bless you. I want to thank you for my irregular family, the church. What a bunch, Father. What a bunch. But God, you have called each and every one of us out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of your son. And we are here, spots and all. And we thank you, Father, that you, as we allow you, you are doing a work in our lives. You are cleansing us. You are glorifying us. You are strengthening us. You are changing us from one degree of glory to another an amazing miracle and lord when you come you will complete that process and we will be irregular no more we will be set free father from those things that displease you i want to pray father for anyone watching this morning who knows nothing of fellowship who knows nothing of that commonality of that community of the saints. I pray, Father, that this morning you will speak to them, that you will draw them by your Spirit into faith in Jesus Christ, into fellowship with you, Father, and into fellowship with us, God's irregular family, the church. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. Amen. Thank you, God. What do you think, Pam? I think that was very good, Ronnie. It's, um, as you're talking about fellowship, though, it's um, sad reality that we can't be here as a church together. And um, hopefully, we will be soon, soon, rather than a long time away. Please, we, Lord. This, do you know, this is the 13th. Um, live stream we've done so in 13 weeks we've been apart from you all so we really miss you Pam can you just go and get your phone so that I know that okay. we're still here we are still I think we're still here are you still here? good and God's here moving in our midst Thank you, Lord. Working in this place, that's Jesus. Hallelujah. You are here, moving in our midst. I worship you. I worship you. You are here, working in this place.
really well today. I thought the worship went really well today. Save it. I've got a thumbs up from Alice. Not to send any shot away. Word? Yes, good word, Ronnie. Okay. Good word. That, that altogether felt better. Uh, what I what I love. Just like not having all the big tables up and everything. Uh, yeah, what I, I I enjoyed that. And you know, Ronnie, I think that the church, the setup looks great. Is, um, That's outside. Oh, I thought it was the projector was squeaking. Uh, let me see. What? Well, you see, this one, it's four. Yes. But Pam, you haven't zoomed in. I did zoom. I did zoom in. Is that your idea of zooming in?
We had um, Marcus Papadopoulos. Oh. Yeah, I'll be up in about 10 minutes. All right, darling, that's fine. 